The Goal Radio Football Show. Stand by for two hours of football chat. It's Friday. How did that happen? It seems no time since last weekend and we're on the brink of another weekend of Scottish football. The Premiership is back tomorrow. It was back last night, of course, as Aberdeen won in Perth. Lots to talk about in terms of the football to come. Lots to talk about in terms of transfers and uh, transfer rumours as well. Rangers turning down a £10 million bid for Ryan Kent. Will Leeds come back for more? We'll be keeping tabs of course on Glasgow City and the Women's Champions League uh, quarterfinals that match has just kicked off in San Sebastian it's about three and a half minutes in and it's goalless against Wolfsburg it is a tall order for the Glasgow City girls that's for sure against a team who are uh, serial winners of that tournament and uh, they tend to get to the finals as well it's the quarterfinals at the moment and it's nil-nil at Glasgow City against the German club Wolfsburg Rob McLean here Ali Defoy here Simon Ferry is here as well, all present and correct. And in the course of the next couple of hours, we're going to be hearing from Motherwell striker Tony Watt, the former Celtic striker. Remember that goal against Barcelona? Was it really about seven, eight years ago? I think it was. Uh, Jamie Langfield will be with us, the Samaritan goalkeeper's coach. Uh, what a career he's had. And uh, currently, he is the man who's masterminding that goalkeeping position at St. Mirren. He's doing not a bad job. We're going to hear from former Rangers striker Josh Windass as well. He did a couple of years at Rangers and he's on the move again. So some good chat coming up with him as well. What about the football alley this weekend? What have we got in store for us? Yeah, there's plenty happening, Rob. Very exciting in Indeed, of course, Fir Park are hosting Hamilton as Lan- Lanarkshire Derby kicks off at 3pm tomorrow. Killy are uh, heading over to Ibrox against Rangers. St Mirren, Ross County. Um, it's going to be 3pm kickoffs for all of them. Later kickoff and Sky, of course, game 5.30. Dundee United as Celtic head to Tannadice. And on Sunday, Rob, of course, you're heading to Pataudry for the 3pm kickoff against Livingston. And at 4.30, the big game on Sky, St Johnston at, uh, versus Hibernian. So exciting times. Get in touch with us. Get involved. You know the number 0808 17 17 700 And in a flash You can be with us And on the show And saying exactly What you want to say To anyone who you want to say it to uh, On the text It's 87474 And text go And your message On the socials At go football show And talking about socials What a week you have had Si Ferry On uh, the Open Goal podcast Will you still remember us When you go to the next level? <laughs> oh it's been an absolutely Tremendous week for us um, Kian Tierney podcast has went viral, mental. Um, but I'm still waiting for it all to come 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 down crashing down. I'll be working at McDonald's next year, don't worry about that. And as Chris Sutton used to say, is make sure you give my kids extra chips and your happy meal when you're working at McDonald's. So uh, it's been a great week for us. Uh couldn't can't speak any higher Kieran Tierney, what a guy to come on. Uh, a bit raging that he charged us hundred quid to come on, but there you go, what can you do, mate? No, I'm kidding on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm devastated the post not here though. Why? Because he sent us a picture for his holiday with his skinny jeans on. Oh, That's I haven't seen like, this. Uh, yeah. so In fact, like no, don't share it. I don't want to see. Yeah. <laughs> Can you possibly keep that to yourself? Yeah. Uh, we've, we've got loads of transfer chat, of course. And let's start by talking uh, about that uh, Ryan Kent bid from uh, Leeds United and uh, Stephen Gerrard this morning at the Rangers media conference uh, was having his say. Uh, Ryan's a player we admire very much here. He's a player that we've seen develop at Liverpool for, for a long time. And we brought him here on loan. He's done ever so well. We went and bought Ryan and showed a lot of faith in him and he's done ever so well and he's progressing 
very, very quickly here. He's in a good place. He's in good form. And he's a player we want to keep hold of. The answer to your question is yes, we have had contact from Leeds. And um, uh, an opening bid has been really strongly rejected. So we have been talking about it most of the week, but there's the confirmation now from Rangers that there has been a bid lodged by Leeds United, who are of course back in the English Premier League, back in the top flight with money to burn, you would imagine. Uh, the bid reckoned to be around about £10 million. Nobody's saying for sure, but it's reckoned to be that sort of level. Now, let's think back. Uh, Rangers signed Kent from Liverpool for £6.5 That was just about a year ago. And we do know as well that Leeds are long-time admirers of Ryan Kent because they were interested in and when he was a Liverpool player before he ended up turning his loan with Rangers into a permanent arrangement. Uh, will Leeds United, do you think, Si, come back and test Rangers' resolve? I think they will, Rob. I think £10 million for a club like Leeds United now in the Premier League's none. I've, seen that, I've actually seen that they bid £20 million for a fullback who's been on loan for Brighton now. So that tells you if they're willing to spend £20 million on a fullback that £10 million is not a lot for a winger who, who can get you goals, who can set up goals. So I fully expect Leeds United to come back in for Ryan Kent. Uh, whether Rangers should sell him or not for that money, absolutely not. I mean, buying somebody for six and a half and selling him for ten is a bit pointless. I think he's had his, his uh, bedding in period for his first year. You know, he was hit and miss the first year for me. But I think uh, he's took the criticism on board. Uh, people have said that he's had to add goals to his game. And he's done that this year. And uh, speaking to guys like Andy Halliday and that, they say that Kent's the type that you need to boot the club because he's got that mindset where he wants to get better. He wants to win. Uh, and I think for this season, Rangers need as many of them as possible. So I think it would be, be absolutely... You'd, again, you'd be handing, say, like 10 in a row from you if you sell somebody like Ryan Kent. What do you think, you Rangers fans? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Give us your view on uh, Ryan Kent and that bid in from uh, Leeds United. But you do uh, tend to think, don't you, Si, that it would be like Celtic uh, letting Odson Edouard go at this stage. Such a big season for Rangers. And we saw what he did against Livingston um, on, the, on the plastic pitch when others were struggling to find a way. He was certainly the guy most likely to, to get Rangers a breakthrough in that game. He's got the hunger, he's got the ability, he's got the talent, and they need to be keeping him, don't they? And that's what I like about Ryan Kent. You know, I, I've said on here before, I think he is quite hit and miss in games. You know, he can give the ball away at times quite cheaply, but... What he's got and what it takes to be a Rangers player and a Celtic player is that mindset where even if he does make mistakes, Rob, I watch him on the pitch and he's always wanting the ball. You know, he can give the ball away two or three times in a row and you still see him demanding that ball. He still wants to go, he's full back, he, he wants to score goals and uh, I don't think Rangers have got a lot of them in their team, especially when the crowd's on their back. You know, you watch, I watch Rangers when the crowd are on their back and, and I see quite a lot of them hiding. Ryan Kent, to me, is one that will still, yes, give me the ball. I'll be the guy that makes a difference. Um, so... Him and Morelos for me are unsellable for Rangers this year. You know, if he has a great season, you get big money for him next year then maybe. But um, right now, there's absolutely no way they can go, let somebody like Ryan Kent go. There's been a lot of chat uh, since last weekend in that Livingston game. The goal has draw drop points for Rangers for the first time this season. A lot of uh, fans have been on the phone to us in the course of the week uh, with their uh, frustration about how that game went. What is the manager made of it all? I think we've had a real strong start of the season. Yes, it was a frustrating result. Um, yes, I was a little bit disappointed in the quality in our final third play on the day. But it's certainly no time to panic and listen to all the noise on the outside. I think we're one goal away from a perfect start. I'm, I'm pretty content where we are right now. So Stephen Gerrard says, uh, don't panic, Captain Mannering. All is well, despite those drop points. And of course, for Rangers this weekend, it's a home game at Ibrox against Kilmarnock.
Kilman had a team we have respect for, yeah. for sure. You know, we've had some real good challenges against them in, in the past. We know they're very well drilled in the way they set up. So we know it's going to be a tough game. We, we know they'll be organised and a tough challenge to break down. Um, but it's been nice to have a full week to really focus on certain things um, that we weren't too pleased with at Livingston and, and hopefully we can put them things right come tomorrow. Celtic, of course, are getting back to business in the Premiership this weekend. That 5.30 game Ali mentioned at Tannadice uh, tomorrow. So it's really important, isn't it, that before that, because it's a three o'clock kick of Ibrox, that Rangers do get the goals and get the points against Kilmarnock, Si. Absolutely. I think it's gone back to the old days now, whereas... Uh, if one team drops points, there's a big, massive, uh, big, massive furore on. I've got, so, got thirty-four yeah, games to go as well. But that what it was like. Remember the days when it was yeah. Larson and and uh, Rickson and that Rangers. It was like that. It was if you drop points, yes, we've got a chance to go ahead now. So it's great to see. Um, and I, I, I feel they expect Rangers to bounce back against Kilmarnock. Uh, I think if it was at Rugby Park, it'd be a different story. But um, I think the big pitch at Ibrox it, it plays a massive part in the way the Rangers move and the rotations. I think on a on a more compact pitch, you struggle with. But on the big pitch, that they're really good and they're really hard to stop. Um, it's going to need to be an unbelievable performance for Kilmarnock to get in for the game. But if anyone can do it, that sort of style, it would be Kilmarnock. There's talk of Yusuf Malumbu coming back uh, to Kilmarnock. I don't know how much there is in that, but but that would be a fantastic uh, re-signing if, if he came back for a third time. Absolutely. I think he was a player of the year that year. He got a move to Celtic, didn't he? But, you know, with Kilmarnock, for me, I think against these bigger teams, it's fine playing three in the middle of the pitch. But for me, at home, at home they got beat for St. Johnston last week. I think... Power and Dicker can do the work of two players I don't think they need that third player in there and I think it's taken away for the top end of the pitch I would like to see Eamon Brophy partner the big man up front um, and going 4-4-2 you're looking at Chris Burke to score your goals at 37 you know I think Burke's a top goal scorer this year I think he was a second top goal scorer last year uh, Mackenzie on the other side very workmanlike but doesn't score enough goals uh, I would like to see Kilmarnock maybe take one out the middle of the park and, and go and play with a Brophy up front this is the Go Radio Football Show on a Friday. Ryan Kent, one we've been talking about a lot this week. The other player who's been uh, uh, taking up a lot of your time is Tom Rogic. Uh, the rumours continue that he might be on the brink of a £4 million move to Qatari football. And here's what Neil Lennon said today. These things happen if it's best for both parties. At the minute, all it is is a club have expressed an interest um, and no further inquiries have been made since then. So hopefully we'll get something resolved one way or the other. I like Tom Rogic. I think he's a fantastic player. You know, I'd like to have him around, but um, you know, we'll see how that pans out. So I'd like to have him around uh, <laughs> under ideal circumstances, but that didn't sound like this is not happening, did it? You used to say the same thing to me, by the way, when I left Celtic. Like, I like in your own was, was, was it four million? Did, did you go to Qatar? I was going to say, by the way, that Qatar move sounds tremendous, doesn't it? That's the sort of, sort of move that I'm looking for. But is there, is there radio stations in Qatar? Um, yeah. That's the sort of move I need, eh? Four million, would you accept a four million pound oh, bid for in a minute? It's a, it's a different way of life, though, isn't it? You, can't, like, you wouldn't be able to have a drink over there. Oh, correct, I'm not going. Uh, no, but for Tom Roger, do you know what Tom Roger reminds me a lot of Ozil at Arsenal? I think technically he's brilliant, Tom Roger, I really do, but I think football's moved on in the last couple of years where the top teams now, you, you must be dynamic, you must work hard off the ball, you must be good at pressing. And I think Roger struggles with that. You know, very often, 65 minutes, you see him coming off. Um, and I think he just struggles with the pace of the game now. Um, but listen, what a signing he's been for Celtic. He's given some amazing moments and technically, for me, so probably Celtic's best player technically. 
And he's a player that can't get in at the moment. They've, they've already got Olivier and Chamu yeah. who can't get into the starting lineup as well. And if they're being offered four million pounds, I mean that that that's another big profit margin for Celtic, isn't Definitely. it? Definitely. And as I'm saying, I think four million pound now the stage at Tom Rodgers it's a good deal for him and it's a good deal for Celtic, as you say, uh, Rob. And Cham can get in the team, and for me, and Cham's more effective than Tom Rodgers. So when you're at, you've got you've got the ability that Tom Rodgers has got. I don't think he's been on the bench much this season. Um, he must be thinking to himself as well. It's time for me to move on. For Celtic this weekend, it's Dundee United at Tannadice. Uh, the Sky Live match, 5.30 tomorrow. I watched United in Dingwall last weekend, coming back to beat Ross County. Pretty impressed with them, some good young players there, and a real desire to uh, turn a losing situation eventually into a winning one. Uh, so for Neil Lennon, it's Tannadice tomorrow. Again, it's it's a good game to get our teeth into. I think the players are looking forward to it, and you know it's, it sets us up for you know the Champions League game on Wednesday. But obviously, we're not taking our eye off what we have to do domestically. So you know we'll be very very strong tomorrow. So it is a ton of dice for Celtic, and that could be a that could be a tough one. Mickey Mellon's got off to a great start. It could draw, but I agree. I like Mickey Mellon. Do you know why? But a lot of my just pals, as na- is it a name you like? I, I, do you know what I do like about him? <laughs> he looks like a Dundee guy. He looks like my dad. Do you know? I can imagine Mickey Mellon in a pair of stonewashed jeans and a pair of Adidas Sambas. There's actually a Clark's Bakery in Dundee. It's famous, right? And I guarantee they know. Oh, I've Mickey. heard of it. Oh, it's amazing. You need yes. to go. Yes. I guarantee they know Mickey Mellon's order off by heart. He's that type of guy. Do you know what? That's you know what a bakery mean? that's open 24 hours, so I can imagine. Oh, some of the nights I've had in there, Ali, I can't even begin to tell <laughs> In a bakery. <laughs> but no, I really like them. And my pals, who are the most honest, I think Dundonians are the most honest people in the world. My pals are ruthless. They didn't like Robbie Nielsen. Really? Uh, and on the group chat, they're raving about Mickey Mellon. I think the way he speaks about the club, the way he sets the team up to try and win games, uh, really impressive. And what I like about Dundee United, and I think it's so important, and it's something that we've debated about with Hamilton, Rob, United have got good experience in their team. Connolly and Reynolds at the back my mates give them a lot of stick but for me if you've got guys like that in your club you'll be alright I think Paul in the middle of the pitch it's funny I actually interviewed Adam Rooney this week who was at Aberdeen and is he that an said, exclusive? that is an exclusive it's coming soon he said in that you tease <laughs> the year they finished second he says we had Ryan Jack Willow Flood Barry Robson and Peter Paul in the middle of the pitch and Paul it was Paul it was the best player for him so um, I think if you get Peter Paul at fit and then you've got a chance of scoring goals. That that'd be the one worry though, wouldn't it? If Shanklin's no fit, but Nicky Clark again, Rob. Yeah, did well. He's last came week. in and done yeah. well, hasn't he? See, see that bakery in Dundee? Can you get a pair in there? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I find that mad that that's what they call it. It's the it's like a nightclub, honestly. See, after a, after a nightclub, it's like a, a nightclub again. Is that actually a thing? Do do you say pair? Yeah, we say uh-huh. pair. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. asked for a pie. Nobody knew what I meant. I had to change my language to get a proper pair. I thought they were joking. Uh, Dundee's that's a proper accent, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. What was that? <laughs> really? Before we hear from Neil Lennon again, just give us the background. He's going to tell. He's going to talk to us about about Kieran Tierney and the fact that he doesn't feel uh, comfortable about going back to Celtic Park, which is absolutely crazy. T- tell us what he said to you on open goal. So I think that the thing that Kieran t- said was that obviously when he left Celtic and it was confirmed, quite a lot of tweets came through, and obviously somebody wrote Judas on his wall. Uh, and I think he's just a bit scared to go back to, to Celtic Park in case he does get a bit of abuse, which for me is crazy. I mean, Kieran Tierney should be leaving Celtic a hero. And Neil, and Neil Lennon thinks it's crazy as well. Well, we don't want him to feel uncomfortable coming back, you know, because he's more than welcome here, that's for sure. You know, he's a great player and, um, you know, he's um, already won a major honour at Arsenal. You know, he went with everyone's best wishes. So, you know, sometimes you get... Uh, people on social media pretending to be Celtic fans and um, you know it's uh, 
a platform that, that you know leaves yourself open to abuse or praise, whatever you want to look at it. Uh, there's always that little bit of soreness with with fans when you know a top player or a top manager leaves the club and goes elsewhere. But um, you know I think 99.9% of the supporters at Celtic, you know, think the world of them. Well, that's absolutely incredible. Isn't it? Mm. It's 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 hard to believe, and and we've had and we've had Celtic fans on the show this week as well talking about James Forrest and Callum McGregor and and the stick they get. Uh, yeah. it, it seems there seems to be something about homegrown players. Rob, honestly, see these guys that have came through at Celtic and Rangers. I've got so much respect for them because I've been there, tried it, and was not good enough. And there's been thousands that have been there, done it, tried it, and weren't good enough. And see to go and do what they've done. You need to have one. You need to be a top player, believe me. And two, you need to have a strong, strong mentality. These guys should be lauded. See any Barcelona? Look at them. The players they bring through. Fans absolutely love them. We need. We should do the same in Scotland. These guys are coming through for the youth academy and getting twenty-five million quid for them. When that's unheard in Scotland. Um, and as I say so much respect for them and even just knowing Kieran, it really does hurt him he's not one of these guys that comes on and says I'm a Celtic fan I kiss the badge he is Celtic through and through in the group chat that we're in now constantly talking about Celtic and um, again but you get these in every fans don't you Rob I mean yeah. every set of fans has got them I think since the podcast has went out majority of the comments have been positive so yeah. he's very happy with, with most of the comments uh-huh. Lots of, by the way, sorry to interrupt you. See, when you're sitting next to him, Rob, you should see the size of his legs. Could you not keep, could <laughs> you you not keep your eyes off them? Honestly, they are <laughs> huge, man. They're like tree trunks. I would not like a kick in the Henry Holes off him. Bigger than John McGinn's, though. He's Similar got some big it. thighs, eh? He does have some big thighs. But see, when I was sitting next to him and looked, you had these tight uh, Lacoste trackies on, and his legs were absolutely bursting at them, man. When, when you say he does have some big thighs, do you mean two? <laughs> I mean, two's uh, enough, isn't it? Two, two's all you need. But, I mean, he's uh, for me again, Rob, he's going to be a top, top player. I think he'll go again for Arsenal. I think he's got another move on. He's only 23 year old. I think he's played over 250 games, you know, at 23 year old. And another thing that he spoke about, Rob, is the amount of injuries that he's played through for Celtic. And fans didn't see these side of things, you know, it comes up on a Friday, Tierney playing. But what they didn't know is he's not trained all week. Yeah. He's been taking injections on a Thursday. But I, they didn't see that sort of thing. I worried about Tierney for a while yeah. because, because he did have a couple of injuries quickly in quick succession. And, and you just wondered whether he maybe played too much football too early. Uh, but but he, he seems to have come through that and, he, and he's now playing regularly for Arsenal. And see, if he wasn't that Celtic, a teammate he supported, I don't think he would have played through the injuries. I think he only done it because it was for Celtic. And he's got so much respect for Scott Brown. I think he said that as soon as he says to Bruni I'm struggling today Bruni would say absolutely not mate you're playing so he would just take an injection and play but um, no again as you say top player top top player and um, I'm delighted for him because I think he had doubts in his head as well if he was good enough to go down there Uh, with the start you know the start that he had I think fans were on his back but again as I say the mentality of this guy went down there had a bad start and now he's he's an absolute hero to Arsenal fans as well let's wrap up the transfer talk uh, by hearing about a couple Livingston have uh, brought in Monaco defender it sounds good doesn't it when, it, when you start the sentence no with Monaco defender, defender. Uh, I don't think it's the real Monaco but no it is the real Monaco it's Julian Serrano who's 22 he's on loan from Monaco he's played 11 times for them as well and he's played in the Champions League tie no. so yeah he yep. needs to sack his agent mate. I'll tell no. you that right now on the radio 
Yeah. <laughs> um, they've also signed 24-year-old German striker Lars Lekoch on a two-year deal. So that's a permanent move. He's been playing in the, the fourth tier of German football. Um, but um, Gary Holt is saying that he, sh- he displays a lot of the traits previously um, showed off by Lyndon Dykes. So that, that's obviously the type of player he is. Both available for Sunday in Aberdeen. And talks next week with the former Celtic Hibs and Falkirk striker Anthony Stokes. Could he, could he oh. end up at Livy? Wow, what a signing it would be. Maverick is the only word I could describe Stokes. I've met him a couple of times. Great lad, but um, I mean, would Anthony Stokes suit Livingston style of play? I don't know. Maybe if you had 10 men behind the ball and you kicked it up to Stokes and let him try and take people yeah. on and score, he'd probably enjoy that. Um, if you could get Anthony Stokes in, by the way, for Livingston, what a signing it would be. Yeah. Just wondering with that French guy. So he's been for living in Monaco to probably we one bed in living <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Do, you, do you think he'll be able to handle the glamour of, of Livingston well Marv was on last night wasn't he yeah he can hang up Marv can bring him through why don't we get him on and ask ah. him by the way I meant to say Marvin Bartley's good isn't he he is good well, <laughs> very much I, so I, that's I, why I, he's on the go radio I, football I, you show mean, you mean it talking ah, talking ah. He is good. I'm worried so that you. If, he, if he leaves Livy so I'm gone for here innit? see yeah. if he, he wants to do this full time I'm at the door I'm back to that McDonald's job again <laughs> exactly but, other uh, restaurants are available yes indeed no he is a real talent Anthony Stokes uh, could he be a Livingston player before too much longer talking of uh, talented strikers mother was Tony Watt he's up next the Bull Radio Football Show it's Ali Dufoy on the Go Radio Football Show Rob McLean and Cy Ferry as well 5 till 7 Monday to Friday and unbelievably it is Friday already we said it was going to be tough for Glasgow City in the Champions League quarterfinals in Spain San Sebastian sounds good but up against Wolfsburg that doesn't sound quite so good uh, a real gulf in quality you would have to say and uh, let's hope they can keep the scoreline respectable because it's 2-0 for Wolfsburg against Glasgow City already in that uh, Champions League quarter-final. Let's uh, wish good luck, ongoing good luck to Leanne Crichton and the rest of the girls at Glasgow City. So, the Go Radio Football Show, we're about 27 minutes past five on a Friday and we can speak next to the Motherwell striker, Tony Watt. Tony, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, how are you? You're sounding very <laughs> laid back, I would have to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm chilled. We've got a game tomorrow, so I'm, yeah. I've just had dinner. It's time to chill before we've obviously prepared for that. What would you have for your dinner, Tony? Pasta and a wee bit of steak. Oh, tremendous. Who made that? The wife? No, the missus. Oh, the missus, man. Loving the life, isn't Oh, you, excellent. Did your missus mum do <laughs> that for you? No chance. Aye, we're, in, we're in between. Lockdown's obviously killed us. We're in between, so we're just waiting. We've got another month before we move out and we're getting looked after very well. The big question though, Tony, is where where do you get the best carry-out coffee? McDonald's, I'd say. Is that because of price, Tony, or is that because of taste? The price, I couldn't even taste it this morning. The price just had me buzzing. The coffee was good enough. I didn't care what it tasted like, to be honest. You, you like a wee drive through at McDonald's. You got a fairly quick, was it Charlie Adam that was quick to react and, and uh, explain to you why other the, the Starbucks coffee was double the price? Yeah, I never, I never actually replied to him after I tasted the coffee. And to be honest, that's what I was saying. I couldn't taste much of a difference. The two pound change tasted better than any other part of it. It builds up, doesn't it? Two pounds every day. Can I just say to there's no way that Charlie Adams has went through a McDonald's drive-thru and only got a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Big Charlie, even if I'm you saying that, I'm only joking, Charlie. Oh, right, Tony, you've been streaming the night, mate. 
And I'll be on the PlayStation tonight Getting myself prepared for tomorrow The hand-eye coordination Any other players that are on with you? Big Dick Gallagher and Liam Boyce They'll be on the night Oh, is Big Boyce on it as well? Is Big Declan Gallagher still longest in the shower? He used to be in there for ages, man Oh, he's far longer than me in there. <laughs> so is, it, does, is the manager alright? But he's playing that on a Friday night, Tony. Is he all for that? Bit of team bonding. I'm quite chilled about it. He's been good. Well, with team bonding stuff, he's been trying to get like ways to help us at the club. Obviously, because we're not allowed to do much. Just now, he's been trying to put more stuff at the club and help us out, so that we're we're having options instead of obviously sitting bored. You know what it's like when you're playing. You do get a lot of spare time, so he doesn't want his demented in board. Is there a, is there any chance of him jumping on me with a wee headset on? Nah, I think he would just have to hammer me because the boys don't the boys don't appreciate me as a team player, and I don't think a gaffer would appreciate me either. He can he can get angry as well, mate. So if you killed him, he would go off. He's not, wouldn't he? Oh, he'd be killing me. I'd be in trouble. Oh, who um, gets angrier, Tony Lenny or Stephen Robinson? Oh, eh. I'd probably say Lennon I, Robinson's a bit more Relaxed towards me anyway Shall we say towards me Talking of Neil Lennon um, That goal uh, Tony the goal, the goal against Barca it's, it's hard to believe That was eight years ago Incredible isn't it? I know it doesn't feel like I've been playing for eight years To be honest <laughs> I still feel young in the head But I think that's just me Telling myself every morning That I'm younger than what I am Do you have a, do you have a wee look at it Every day on the, on the catch up? No, I should to be fair to get a bit of confidence, but no, I try and I try and not look at it at all, just because everybody says most people that mention it mention it in a negative way to me, so I try and not look at it to kind of say ah, uh, I don't watch it back, I don't care much about it. If you get what I mean. uh, has it made football life difficult for you? Um, I mean, obviously it's, it was such a special, massive moment, and you'll have it for the rest of your days, and it was absolutely brilliant. Um, but does it make it difficult because? it sets the bar pretty high for what comes next. No, not really. I, I always say, I take it as a positive. I've done something at somewhere I love. Uh, I don't know if it's stuck with me in terms of reputation or what, but I, I just see it as a positive. I don't, uh, I'm still an amazing club at my level. Still at a very high level. 26, I still believe there's a lot of room for improvement. So I still think my better days are coming. You've been around a fair few clubs since Celtic. Do you feel as if you're settling down now? Yeah, I do, but football's football. You never know what happens. I've had a good few offers in, in the park where I had to move. I've had a couple of injuries where I had to move. and That's just part and parcel of the game. I, I don't, that's what I say. Somebody asked me yesterday, do you, do you regret it? Do you have any regrets? I say probably not because it's not my fault. Teams want to cash in on you or you have an injury or... You're probably on a bit too much money for a club that they want to put you on loan. That's not stuff I can do. It's not that's probably added four or five clubs to my my list. But I don't have any regrets about it. No. You've made an absolute fortune, young man. Not me yet. I still got another seven or eight years left to try and make as much as I can. But that's what what I said when I signed for Marvel. Uh, what I learned in terms of sporting wise and improvement and even being appreciated is far more than the money that they'll be paying me at this club Tony I know you started at Airdrie but uh, um, just we're talking about earlier about Kieran Tierney coming through at Celtic uh, obviously you were in the first team you had that massive highlight how much respect have you got a guy like him who's who's been, who's been managed to do it over six years and then get a massive move to Arsenal because you know yourself how oh, hard that is mate Tierney Tierney became I always explain to people 
at Celtic you've got the top players, you've got the very good players, and you've got the squad players. Tierney was never a squad player, and he wasn't even a decent player. He was a top player at Celtic. He was one of the top three players, and he he needed to go for me in terms of he's a look what he's done. He's just won the FA Cup. He had a couple of injuries, and he's a player that could go again. And it's there's only maybe five clubs you can go again from Arsenal to. So I think in terms of he'll probably end up back at Celtic, but I think for the boy's career, I think he just had to go and, and try. And I, don't, I think there's no ceiling for where he can go. We were just speaking, Tony, about the abuse he gets online. Um, it's incredible, isn't it? Well, you should see my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that abuse, mate. I was only joking. Thinking that they would ever say bad stuff, sound. But he's Tierney's. It's like anything. You'd be a bit hot if somebody you love left you, wouldn't you? And you can understand it, but I do think it gets a bit too far. I think he's a the way he loves the club. You can tell even on obviously I listen to sign the boys doing all day. Even on that. The way the way he talks about Celtic and the way it hurt him and that that wouldn't happen to a lot of people from the outside to join Celtic and leave a lot of people come and leave and get held in such high regard. Yet he's done a lot more than any of them, and it's just because they love him that that they they get so angry about it. And because he loved the club so much, and he got in among them with a with a loud hailer and all the rest of it when he wasn't playing. Um, a lot of the fans just maybe took him for granted and thought, yeah, he's not wanting to go anywhere. He's going to be here forever. Yeah, I think there comes a time where it comes out of his hands. I think he probably in his head at the start would have said, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving. And then the club would have accepted the offer. His agents would have probably spoke to him. People from the outside would have spoke to him and said, look, this is something you can't turn down. And at times, I know it's his career, but at times it probably comes to it that he had to take it. And he, he probably wanted to, don't get me wrong, eventually, but I'd have guessed at the start he wouldn't have wanted to take it the way he he spoke about the club, but at the end it's about money, twenty five million whatever they paid for him. It's massive money for Celtic, so I think for all parties it's worked out great. And it's he just won the FA Cup. He's playing with Aubameyang, Ozil, these types of players. You don't get that chance in Scotland. Mm. Was it hard for you to leave Celtic, Tony? Because obviously I know you were a fan as well growing up. I, it was difficult, but I think I knew my, my days were numbered in terms of I've been spoke to a couple of times. I, I had the offer for maybe, I don't know, maybe six years ago now, but I had the offer for a few weeks at least. was tripling my money, uh, but I never took it straight away because I thought there was still a chance to say it's Celtic, but eventually when I knew the door was closed, then I just kind of put my head down and went for it. And now at Motherwell, mate, uh, seeing you've not started the game this season, um, you hoping to get in the team soon? Yeah, well, obviously it's difficult. We've got a lot of competition for places. Um, working as hard as I've ever worked. So we're, we're playing well. I know we've not, we've not got as many points as we like, but we're playing really well. And I still, I still think we'll have a good, successful season. And the manager always says, if you play for a top club, then you're not going to start every week. And I, I kind of agree with him. And, and hopefully I can start playing soon and 
and try and force my way into a team as much as possible. And it's a good squad. I mean, we, we've spoken about that quite a bit, even when the, the first couple of Motherwell results were disappointing. I mean, we, we were scratching our heads a little bit, and you probably were as well, Tony, look, looking at the not just the quality of the starting eleven, but what's on the bench as well. And that underlines what you're saying, the, the, the difficulties of, of, of getting in and staying in. Yeah, we've got some serious players. Like, you look at your Tumble, look at midfield, we've got, the other day we had Mark O'Hara, Alan Campbell and Turnbull starting and then you've got Liam Paul off the bench who's technically one of the better players I've played with and it just shows you what kind of team we've got. We had Chris Long on the bench the other day too. We've got a serious, serious team and hopefully we can continue obviously progressing the way we are and just take the points while we're doing that and I think first four games of the season we've played really well and I think I do think we'll still be really good by the end of the season. I'm going to that match tomorrow. I'm at Fir Park tomorrow. That's a that's a, a massive match, isn't it? The Lanarkshire Derby. What's the rivalry like? I've only obviously played in it once, but I think I think there is a wee bit of, a bit of grip between the two of them. I think I think it's a good good derby. So hopefully tomorrow, I know there'll be no fans there, but hopefully we can do them proud for them. They're watching the TVs or whatever. It's an exciting season um, unfolding, isn't it? Not maybe a slightly underwhelming start for Motherwell, but you, I, I think most of us would reckon that they're going to come on strong. You've got that uh, European tie. Maybe, maybe that that might be an opportunity for you to get into the starting lineup. Possibly if it's not tomorrow, Tony Thursday Thursday night at home to Glen Torren in the in the Europa League qualifiers. It's great to be talking about Motherwell in Europe, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant for the club, and I've obviously been walking about for the last few weeks telling everybody that we've got European experience in the squad just for <laughs> I love that, for you'd, that you'd, have to, you'd have to go down a couple of levels for a, for a Europa League qualifier against Glentora and you've you've hit the big time in the past well that's it I tell people look don't get nervous and I've played in the group stages <laughs> of competition and just just for a bit of banter the boys know it's all it's all in good it's all in good taste and no I hope we can put together a run and put together a run in the Cups and, and just have a successful season everything everybody's pushed in the same way it's, I, I said that a couple of months after I think for Marlowe it's one of the first clubs I've been at where everybody's pushing in the same direction and everybody's really happy with the manager and there's no nobody's really no gripes about the squad it, it's weird to say that everybody's happy and even when they're not playing people are still smiling and in a good way it's weird in a good way that everybody's kind of on the same boat Tony it's Ali here um, I know obviously you're not thinking about it any time soon but in the future would you want to be I don't know a professional gamer if you're not already or is it some something else you'd like to do maybe in the sporting world I would love to but I need to just be realistic with myself and admit I'm nowhere near good enough Um I'm getting abused off my team right now for being so bad. And <laughs> Is someone better than you in the team? No, me and Declan Gallagher are terrible. And then we've got we've got a mate Jay who plays in Boise. We're a quad, so there's four years, and they two kind of carry me and Deck. But me and Deck bring a comedy value. We kind of bring a part, but we're terrible. Right, I'm so that's out the window then. So maybe maybe <laughs> some sort what? of football what side of things. Thinking? coach or something see like a a coach for an esports team or something I think I'd be good at that I'm quite I'm quite good with words but in terms of using my hands to play the game I'm horrendous 
Tony, you, you sorry, you said everyone's happy at Motherwell, but there's no way Trevor Carson's happy, mate. He's never happy, man. He's the angriest man in football. Oh, do you know what? Me and Trev get along very well. Uh, he's a hero. He's a scary looking man. <laughs> but he was going to batter me once on a Christmas do. No joke. Had me up. Was, was ready to batter us. I played together at Portsmouth, mate. What a guy he is. Good keeper as well, eh? What a keeper. Best distribution I've played with in terms of keeper. Great hands, but see when you make him bite. You just run away. That's just the kind of guy he is. He's scary, yeah. Uh, he's scary, mate. Is he cracked in the dressing room yet? Uh, no, not really, but he's, he, I played against Dundee United. I came on at half time and I said to him, Trev, kick on me, because I was playing against one of the boys, I know Liam Smith, and he's a bit smaller than me, so I thought, I'll win a few headers here. And he said something to me, I can't, I can't uh, repeat. repeat it, something off. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think, I think we've got that, yeah, yeah. And I just looked at him and I didn't fancy saying anything back. I just thought, all right, Trev, that's fine. You can have this one, mate. And then I just put a head down and started laughing and ran away. And after he just comes to me and laughs, and I said, many times you tell me to F off there. And he just kind of laughed at me. And I think it was a lot more than what I heard, to be honest. What a guy. He's, he's a great guy, top keeper, I think. Just a quick one, Tony, before you go. Uh, David Turnbull, there's been talk about that Celtic reawakening their interest in David Turnbull. Now he's over his injury. What, what do you think about that? I don't know. I think obviously it's up to him, the club and Celtic, or whatever I've seen it in the papers, but I don't really know much about it, to be honest. I don't ask him about that, but he's he's brilliant. He's yeah. a he's a top, top player. He, he does things in training that you just open your eyes to him and think well a lot of people can't do that and I think you have a massive career whether it's at Mullow or somewhere else Good to have you on the show Tony and uh, hopefully you get some game time uh, tomorrow in the derby Thanks for having me Top man Tony Cheers mate Thanks Tony That's Motherwell striker Tony Watt on the Go Radio Football Show The Go Radio Football Show the Go Radio Football Show on a Friday between now and 7 o'clock. It's football chat all the way. Hopefully your chat. Get involved on 0808 17 17 700. What would you like to ask? What would you like to say? With a full weekend of football coming up, you can text to 87474. Go and your message to that number. And on the socials, it's at Go Football Show. We said it was going to be tough for uh, Glasgow City in the Champions League quarterfinals in San Sebastian against Wolfsburg. And uh, has but uh, they're showing a fair bit of resolve to be honest because uh, they went 2-0 down early on to the top German side and that is still the scoreline heading towards half time so a bit of respect to Glasgow City for uh, showing a bit of resilience and in talking about European football it's the Europa League final tonight it's Sevilla against Inter and that kicks off at 8 o'clock we were talking about uh, Europa League next week Motherwell against Glentor on Thursday Aberdeen against Runovic and of course Celtic are back in action uh, Champions League qualification action Wednesday night when they play Ferenc Varos and uh, talking about Celtic Jack on the phone Hi Jack Alright how we doing? Good how are you? Jack alright mate? Y- yeah I'm good uh, t- Here talking about just before the start Clarkies is absolutely sensational by the way you're missing out if you've not heard it Yes Jack love that It's the baker's rub Ah <laughs> What's your order? What's your order Jack? What's your order? Oh, it's got to be a Chinook, man. Oh, oh whoa, whoa, tremendous. Whoa. What, what is that? What's a Chinook? Is it not a helicopter, no? Go on, Jack, nah, give us it. A helicopter, a Chinook. Uh, I can't even mind it. There's no two burgers, two two bits of sausage, bacon and egg. 
Oof. Listen to that sausage yeah. as well, Belter. brilliant, eh? Is there, a bit, is there a bit of green salad in that as well? Nah, not a chance. We've <laughs> got tomato sauce on the top and that'll be. Can I just say something to you? See, that was my problem when I was at Dundee. We used to go to Clark's after training. And, uh, oh, can I blame you, mate? Mate, and I was huge, eh? I was so fat at Dundee. But see, on the way to Dundee, we used to stop as well at the Old Inns Cafe in the morning. And my mate oh, bet me that man. I couldn't eat eight bacon rolls for Cumbernauld to Dundee. Before training, I don't. I, know. I'm, I'm I, thinking I, you did it. Of course, I did it. <laughs> Eight bacon rolls, mate. For coming out of Glasgow, I did Dundee, and then went and trained. Oh, no wonder I never made it at Dundee. Right, what's your question? I, 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 I just love, the, I just love the top quality football chat on this show. We've, we've been talking Clark's the bakers, bacon rolls, Chinook, and also, what's your favourite carry out coffee? Uh, let's talk football, Jack. What, what do you fancy talking about? Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I just want to speak about the the Champions League game the other night. I thought. Uh, Celtic were absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, compared to the Kilmarnock game, it, it looked like you were watching two completely different teams. Uh, I thought uh, Hatemet Abdelhamid was absolutely sensational. Um, I thought Julian played a lot better. So did uh, I thought Beaton was good. Callum McGregor control- controlled the game as he always does. Um, I didn't think Edward had the, the best game, but then that, that little bit at the end right before he came off was absolutely brilliant, man. I think you're, the main point out of that for me, mate, is El Hamid. I think if he can stay yeah. fit, he could be Celtic's best defender. You know, he's got everything. Yeah. Tall, 100%. quick, very composed on the ball. I think when Frimpong plays right back, he gets he gets very close to Forrest, doesn't he? I think James, he likes to be given the ball in a bit of space for a 1v1. I always think when Frimpong plays, he's always five yards for Jamesy, and it's very easy for Jamesy just to pop it back, a wee fa- simple five-yard pass. I think... Uh, for me, El Hamed would be my first choice right back. Would you, would you have him right back or would you have him potentially right of a back three? Well, for me, if it was me personally, I would definitely have him right at a back three. I would prefer Celtic playing three at the back. But if he is going to go with a four, then for me, El Hamed would start ahead of Frimpong at right back. I just think that experience that he's got and the composure that he's got, I think Frimpong could be about 100 mile an hour at times. You know, he's desperate to attack all the time. Whereas sometimes I think the big man makes better decisions on when to go and when to stay. And he's young, isn't he, Frimpong, and he's learning. I think sometimes because he made such a big impact so early on and because he's so great to watch, uh, people forget that he's probably only still 20, I think. Yeah, definitely. I agree, Rob. And and you see so many of these top teams that dip young players in and out. And I think that would be better for Frimpong for for maybe this year especially. Such a big year, you know, it's a lot of expectations on a young kid's shoulders. I would stick El Hamid in uh, On Beaton mate as well I think Beaton's a lovely footballer And I've played against him When I was at Dundee And he was, he was very good um, But still what do you think Shane Duffy's been linked Would you, would you take him? Yeah 100% I'd still take him I still think we need that hard man um, Although Although Beaton and uh, El Hamid Have proved That they're good enough And the, they can play the Celtic way I still think that There's nothing wrong with Having that wee bit extra depth Just in case of injuries and uh, and stuff like that. Um, aye. It was strange that Ayer was on the bench, Robbie. What do you make of that? Do you do you make it that he could still go? A bid could still come in, and that's why I don't want him playing European football. Or maybe just to give Beaton some game time because yeah. uh, he will be involved now and again. Uh, you would imagine, but but Shane Duffy's certainly keen to come to Celtic. That's the that's the message. Um, whether Celtic are going to follow through on that as well, I'm not sure. What, what about Ferencvaros next Wednesday, Jack? How much of a, a step up is that going to be in standard after uh, trouncing Reykjavik the other night? Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a harder game, but I think if if we can start the game like we did during the week. Then I don't think we'll have a problem. I think if we play like that, then we'll we'll get past that team no bother. Was it a relief relief for Celtic to be back on grass after the the sticky surface at Rugby Park where they struggled? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I mean, it's of course it's a completely different surface, but they still should be doing better than a one-all draw, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, six-nil, so much better uh, on grass. Um, very happy with that result. Very happy. I was happy with uh, in Cham's performance when he came on as well. That was brilliant. Would you have him in the starting eleven? Personally, I'd love to see him in the starting eleven. I think he's a phenomenal footballer. I think his uh, his technique is absolutely brilliant. Mm. Who, who do you drop, play. Jack? That's the problem, isn't it? Who who comes out? Is it Brown, McGregor? Is it Christie? <sighs> it's. I've I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter and that saying to drop Christie, but I don't think. I don't know because you've got McGregor and Brown sitting a lot deeper. I don't think that you can take Christie off because he provides so much going forwards. Yeah. I'd I'd maybe maybe even start start Bruni and play in the first half and then bring in Cham on for the second half. Maybe something like that. Jack, um, just a quick one. In, just a quick one before yeah. you go. Celtic working with the Scottish government. We hear on the possibility of that Motherwell match next weekend uh, being a test event for getting a few fans back in. How do you feel about that? Buzzing. Yeah. Best news I've heard all week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just a start, but a start would be really encouraging. Jack, thanks a lot for phoning the Go yeah. Radio football show. And Perfect it is you, 10 Cheers, minutes Jack. to thanks, 6. Mate. All the best to you, Jack. Thanks for calling. Next up, Kev in Ridri. Hi, Kev. How you doing, Robert? Yeah, very well. How are you? Ah, I'm not too bad, no bad. Kev, what's happening, mate? I'm, Mil- I'm Millerston, just up the road. We'll get a pint tonight. I've seen you run past a few times, so you're a lot more handsome than uh, real life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm an animal, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get out of the yeah. studio. Right, I'm going for her in the morning, mate. I'll pick you up, Ridley, all right? Me and you. <laughs> we can hold hands. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys. I was just looking at the pick up for uh, Rangers and Sunday there. Uh, I was wondering if you were thinking about possible a change of formation. Uh, I think, Sai, you've maybe mentioned it before and maybe moving to a. Uh, uh, three five two. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think of that. Well, you know what? I get a lot of stick for this, but I think three five two suits Rangers better. You know, I think they've right. got three good centre halves now in Goldson, Hellander, and Balligan, and Barisic and Tavernier. They don't want to defend. They want to go forward, don't they? I think they'd be perfect ah, at wing back, yeah. and it gives you a wee chance to put Kent in the middle, mate. Because as we've seen, Kent's a good finisher. He, he can go off both feet. I think he's limited out on that wing, you know what I mean? If, if somebody's on him tight, it's hard for him. If you let him wander about the pitch, maybe just off of Morelos, and it also gives you a chance to play your two, two new signings as well. But how often has Steven Gerrard deviated from his yeah. the formation he loves, the formation he always plays? I mean, he's very seldom um, in his time at Rangers, Kev, gone anything different, hasn't he? Uh, and that, I think that's looking ahead. I felt a wee bit of frustration after Sunday because you're playing at a, a ground like Livingston, you're playing at a team like Livingston, they disrespect them for that, but... There's no need for us to be playing uh, Kamara and Jack sitting deep in uh, the positions of the day. We need to split with either two up top uh, or maxi- maximise the attacking options as much as possible, considering we've just brought in two new strikers, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was surprised at half-time at Livingston, he never changed it. No matter what formation nah. he went, they were going to dominate the ball, whatever. So why not give them someone else to think about? You know, Nicky Devlin went tight with Kent the whole game because he, he knew where he was going to go. Just mix it up, go and move Kent over the other side of the pitch, do Try a three-five-two. You know what I mean, mate? Because it's um, when you're playing against that, and, and it's a rigid team. After 20 minutes, you've got them sussed out, and you can see that Aye. all Livingston were there for was a draw. So why not just go and change it and 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 uh, have a go another way? Aye, what about you, Sunday? What would you like to see is uh, the formation? Aye, it's a Saturday, sorry. So it's a three-five-two for me, but I don't see it maybe happening tomorrow. But 
I think Gerard's sitting by his guns. I don't think he'll do it. I've spoke to a few people about it, and they're kind of in agreement. Uh, nine times out of ten, when I speak to them, but uh, with the more playing against a commander team at home, you'd expect them to go out and, and give them a, a bit of a doing. To be fair, uh, put the boy Kambamba up front, uh, yeah. throw the big boy Julian about a wee bit the other week, but I don't see him causing too much trouble. Uh, I just think with that delivery that Barisic and Tavernier have got. I mean, having a big striker in the box with they two delivering balls in the box, you've always got a chance of scoring a goal, you know what I mean? I actually, that's what you're thinking that the big boy Ethan's came in for. Because uh, even well, against Livingston, mate, your second man in the box was Scott Arfield the whole game. <laughs> Why not know, just have a striker in there, do you know what I mean? I know, I know. It's a bit frustrating, as I say. Uh, he'll probably stick by his guns, but I mean, there are times in games like that against away at Livingston, or maybe away to St Johnson or Kamala, whatever. Well, you're going to get about 67 percent of the possession. Mm-hmm. So why not take that game to them and add in an extra attacking option? It's just a bit frustrating, but it's, it's, no, it's not a big loss, to be fair. And, and Kev, it's an even bigger game tomorrow, isn't it, against Kilmarnock, when you consider that at half past five Celtic are kicking off at Tannadice. You really want another three points on the board before that one, don't you? Uh, well, that's exactly it. It's about putting the points on the board. And I think I said this last week, I was on as well, was to get... The points and uh, don't concede and get the goal difference up because you never know the way that season's going to go. Mm. Uh, it could convert into the wire and it could go to the, the goal difference at the very end. So we've seen it before, it could happen again. What are your thoughts on Ryan Kent? Uh, Stephen Gerrard revealing today that there has been a bid. We, we reckon it's around about £10 million, but it's no go. Would that be your feeling as well that, uh, that he can't be sold in this oh so important season? hundred percent. I heard Sly say that earlier on as well. Like, can he be selling a uh, a player like Ryan Kent, especially for that sort of money? Anyway, that's ridiculous. Instead of a guy going for Bournemouth for forty odd million, then mm. he's expecting they get a wee bit more money for Kent. But aye, uh, for me, no sell. Kev, thanks for your call. Top man, Kev. Yeah, well, guys, thanks, for thanks, Kev. Good to hear from you on the Go Radio Football Show. Scottish rugby, we're hearing, has been given the all clear to allow fans into Murrayfield for a domestic fixture next week. Uh, that on the day uh, where we heard that Celtic are working along with the Scottish Government on the possibility of a test event for a few fans, some fans getting into Celtic Park for the Motherwell match next weekend. So, is Barry we Ferguson one of the fans? Is he getting, is he getting in by <laughs> I'm not sure if he'll be allowed, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, but certainly some encouraging signs about getting fans back to football matches. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! This, Justin, from the Joint Response Group, which says the suspension of football by the Scottish FA will be lifted from Monday the 24th of August. That's Monday 1st, with the update provided by the First Minister yesterday to phase three of the Scottish Government's route map out of the COVID-19 crisis. In practical terms, uh, that, that means that contact training for the youth and adult game, including professional and non-professional, uh, can resume from Monday morning in line with updated government guidelines. The details were outlined today to Scottish Championship League One and League Two clubs in a series of video conferences calls hosted by the Joint Response Group. Further meetings are scheduled for tiers five and six of the Scottish Football Pyramid early next week. Cy Ferry, good news. Absolutely devastated, Rob. What a summer it's been. <laughs> Need to go back. <laughs> it's all <Me>. over. <laughs> I think I've paid the wee guy, uh, the wee shop in the bottom of my road. I think I've paid his mortgage off in tenants, so <laughs> he'll be devastated as well. But oh, the hard work starts again, Rob. 
Um, I'd like to be back. Really missed it. You do miss it. Come Saturday, you really miss it. Yeah. Um, miss seeing the boys. Miss getting a laugh. But Go Radio's made up for that. So. Good. Been fine, but I'm looking forward to getting back. How, I don't think the fans are looking forward to seeing me, but I'm looking forward to seeing them. Uh-huh. Well, at least one out of two. That's good. <laughs> the Go Radio Football <laughs> Show, and it's four minutes past six on a Friday. Welcome to the show to former Rangers striker Josh Windass. Hi, Josh. Exactly, mate. How are you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Have you have you got yourself a new club yet? Um, well, I'm technically still at I'm still at Wigan, so I'm just waiting to see what develops in the next few days, and then. I'll go from there. Wigan, obviously, an administration and a lot of uh, a lot of financial bother. Um, I think last I heard, Josh, there were maybe three clubs competing to to sign you with maybe uh, Sheffield Wednesday, where you were on loan, being the favourite. Is that does that sound like that could happen? Um, I've no I've no idea. To be honest, I don't really get involved in all the ins and the outs, so I just leave that to my agent and and the people who work like around me. So. Yeah, I don't take too much notice in the uh, in the news, but I've just been training every day and just going cracking on as normal. That's an amazing sidestep. That was really good. <laughs> that that question was studiously avoided there. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try you with another one. How much did you enjoy your time at Rangers? Yeah, I loved it. Um, spoke to Sai about it a lot of times. Um, obviously, the fans were amazing. Um, the games were amazing. Obviously, it's different now with the you no know, fans there, and obviously the allocation for the old firm games changed as well. But no, an amazing place to play football, and obviously I went as a young player from a from effectively a League Two team, so it was um, a big, big learning curve. Yeah, it was Accrington Stanley to Rangers, wasn't it? It was a big leap up. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, obviously, I done well in League Two, and then got a move to uh, Rangers, where it was a, a little bit of reality shock at first with all the uh, the standards. Obviously, style know the uh, the away trips back from Accrington games. So oh, man, um, a bit different. A bit different. Um, obviously, playing for Rangers where everything's demanded on you every single day. So, yeah, it was a it was a good learning curve and one I'm glad I've had. Would you Would you have liked to have stayed longer with Rangers? Um, to be fair, at the time I felt like it was the right for me to move on. So I'm never gonna um, say I wish I'd have stayed or I wish I'd have done this because there's a lot of things that I think people would change if if they could. But um, no, it happened now. I don't regret the decision I made at the time because I felt it was the right one at that time, whether it was or not. Remains to be seen, but we'll um, it's got to me where I am today, and we'll and we'll see what happens next. Josh, it's Sai, mate. What's happening? It's happening, mate. All right. Yeah, good. All right, I'm going to give you a chance to respond. Andy Halliday's story about Tynecastle. Have you heard this? Tell no. us. Go on, Josh. You tell it. <laughs> I heard him say it to me, and I was laughing because I think he sent me actually, and then I watched the whole interview, um, mate. So, and he, by the way, he said in the he said in the interview I'd been dropped, which was not been the case. I'd been injured, by the way. Right. Okay. So you were dropped, mate. Dropped. Huh? We believe you. <laughs> so, um, no, I, they were getting battered one three one. So I've run on, and I'm saying to Andy and that mate, you're having a beast. Come on, man, sort it out. And uh, I've like gone over to Waldo, and I've been like, yeah, just throw me the ball, mate. I'll, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Just throw me the ball. And the ball's gone under my foot, and then I think Jamie Walker's crossed it in. Wes has fumbled it and then he's, Jamie Walker scored or something and I've just by the way the pitch was horrendous by the way all these excuses you're just dripping drip feeding us the pitch is not even an excuse because it's the worst pitch I've ever played professional football on. <laughs> so I've, I've gone up to Andy obviously and I've gone mate how bad is this pitch after slaughtering him for his performance <laughs> uh, Josh I need to ask you as well I love this you still speak to Pedro Cassini don't you you and Pedro are tight. I will, to be fair, he's kept in contact ever since since I moved, and he's always kept in touch with my game. So I'm not just gonna not speak to him when he texts me. I'm not. It's rude. So yeah, he's been a no. He's been 
he's always been supportive. And like I've said many times, when I was at Rangers, he he played me every game. He t- tried to help me improve. So I've, I've not really got a bad word to say about it, to be honest. And you've still got that caravan together that you was talking about. Aye, so I'm just going to go Saudi Arabia and live in his caravan with him in six months. See on him though, Josh. Was he a good? Was he a good coach? Because you speak to people who say on the training game, Grimdy is quite good. He's just, he was just really stubborn, mate. So like, if boys weren't having him, he, he weren't asked. Do you know what I mean? He weren't bothered. Sorry, can I say that? On the <laughs> no, you can't. I keep going. <laughs> he weren't bothered. Sorry. So um, he, he just did things his own way, and obviously that didn't work for a lot of people. And when you're at a club like that, there's obviously people always got an opinion. So the fact that he was so stubborn in his ways, I'm, I'm sure if you asked him now if he could change a lot of things that he didn't, and I'm sure he'd say, yeah. Uh, just one example, he's a stubbornness. Just go and give us the Joe Gardner story. To be fair, Garns had a, a, stag, uh, a stag do in Vegas because he was getting married. So he did make these loads of stories on Pedro here all day. So he's gone, he's gone and said, uh, do you mind if I come back to pre-season like two or three days later or whatever? Because obviously I've booked this stag do, it's cost me 30 grand or whatever it's cost him because he's paid for all his mates. And he's like that, no, I don't care. And he's like, he's like, come on, mate, just, just a couple of days. Like, I'm not, I'm not being like, he's just like, no, you, like, it doesn't fit in the plan of the training or whatever. So he just, he just wouldn't let him do it. Wow. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's all Garns wanting to leave quite quickly. So that that Pedro in the hedge uh, picture lives long in the memory, doesn't it? And for I think for a lot of people, it sums up his his time. Where, where was that again? That was a brought. Well, who was that against that was, Josh? Were you there? Sorry, say that again. When when Pedro was photographed clambering through the hedge because one of the fans was giving him some stick oh, after one of the yeah, European that was, games. That was that was progress away. But to be fair, mate, I was getting horrendous stick for that game. Uh, the, all the boys, well, to be fair, we just lost the progress. So the, all the boys were getting slaughtered. We couldn't leave the uh, we couldn't make the airport in time because the fans were surrounding the coach. So I, th- I don't think it was Pedro was. I think he was just trying to calm him down. I don't even think he was arguing. I think he was just. Because obviously he was getting slaughtered, I think he was just trying to defend himself. I thought he was, so honest, I thought he was in the toilet. Aye, but it was unacceptable, obviously, the performance and the defeat. And I think that's what, obviously, it didn't help him going forward because he was under massive pressure from that. Yeah, point. I mean, it's d- difficult to come back from, from that one, wasn't it, against against Progress Niedercorn? Well, yeah, especially what was, I think it was 1-0 up going into the second leg. And obviously, no one no one in the world expected us not to, not to go through. What, what was your what was your what was your what was your happiest moment, Josh, as a Rangers player? Just just playing, mate. Uh, just playing every single week. Because um, there's nothing better whether you're playing for Rangers or or or, or a lower league team. As long, when you're playing football, that's when you're the most happiest. So I was playing every single week for one of the biggest clubs in in Europe. So I, I was I was just happy doing that and trying to improve and learn off people at the club. Josh, was that as happy as you were when you were doing Sai's podcast for Open Goal? Oh no, that's probably the best moment of my career so far. uh, (laughs) Josh, what about Morelos? How how high can he go? You've obviously played with him. Yeah, and and we were just speaking about Pedro as well and and of course one thing that Pedro did was sign Alfredo Morelos, wasn't it? Yeah, I I had a good relationship with Alfredo on the pitch, especially off the pitch. It's quite hard, he didn't really speak the language, but no, on the pitch we had a good relationship, we got a lot of goals and a lot of assists, Um, I just think he's a handful for defenders. I think when he first came, I thought um, his technique and technically that he wouldn't be able to handle it. But he's—I've watched him recently, and he's got so much better over the last year, year and a half. He looks—he looks a lot more of a complete centre forward now. And um, I think, by what I've heard with the reports, I think he's on his way. Is he? I don't know. But um, 
I think he'll go do well wherever he goes just for his style of play. I think he'll cause all defenders problems just for the way he plays. What, what, what do you think Rangers should do, Josh? I mean, you know, you know all about his goal-scoring prowess and he's got better um, even since you were at the club as well. Those European goals uh, last season against top opposition. Um, but yeah. the, the rumours just won't go away really about him, about him leaving. Well, I, I, I obviously don't know whether he's leaving or whether he's not, but I've just seen the obviously designed Kimar Roof and the other boy, I don't know his name, the, the, the Swiss boy. Cedric Eaton. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I just can't see why they would sign two strikers if they're not getting getting rid of Alfredo or making money on him. So, because you're gonna, if they don't sell him, I'm sure you're gonna have two unhappy unhappy strikers. So, listen, I, don't, I obviously don't know the ins and outs of what's going on, but it seems to be like he's on his way. But he's played the last. I think he's played the last three games, has he? And he's yeah. been playing well. So, how highly do you yeah, rate him? Really, uh, highly, yeah. I look at players playing in the Premier League, and I don't see why Alfredo can't get in the teams that they're playing. Um, but yeah, I think he's got. A, instead of people thinking how good he is, I think he's got to start going on to whatever he's going to go do next and, and prove it for himself. Uh, you see, guys like Joe Linton mate, playing for Newcastle, who's a better player than him, isn't he? Well, I think I'm a better player than him. Uh. <laughs> you'd, you'd back, <laughs> but you'd, but you'd, you'd back Alfredo to go. Like, for example, Alfredo gets in Sheffield United's team, doesn't he? Yeah, in my opinion. So you'd back, you'd, you'd back Alfredo to go and and do well at whatever level he goes to. Because if he gets the service, it's like any striker. It's gonna like you talk about Joe Linton though. How hard is it playing for Newcastle compared to playing for Chelsea? You know what I mean? Yeah, he's standing on the halfway line all game. Well, that's a tribute, isn't it? Because if you're putting him in the Sheffield United team, you're you're talking about the top six or seven, aren't you? Mm. In the in the English Premier League. Yeah, I just think the way they play with the three-five-two, and I'd, I'm, they've got obviously good strikers, but uh, I think he would still get in that in in that in that team. So, listen, obviously he's not been linked with them, so it's totally irrelevant anyway. So he's been linked with Lille, has he? So yeah, I, I've not seen much of them. But if he, if he goes to there, it's the French league. Um, Dembele from Celtic has gone there and done really well and, and obviously they're flying in European competition so hopefully he goes hopefully if he goes sorry he, he does really well What do you think of Alfredo's attitude because the Rangers fans I think are, are split there there are some of them Josh that would say take the money and there are some that would say well you know he's a he's a goal machine um, so Rangers need to keep him in this all important season when they're trying to stop Celtic in their tracks I think perception's a big part of football, obviously. Nobody knows what he's like every single day in training or they just look at it from on, on the field. And when I was there, I, don't, I honestly don't think he got sent off once when I was there. Um, Were you the steadying influence on him? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know, but it, he didn't have a bad disciplinary record when, when, when we was there. So I don't know why that's uh, been a problem the last year or two. So Maybe just angry no, that you left? Uh, angry that Josh left is a good point, Ali. But he's just fuming that he's not got a bloody eighteen goal midfielder behind him. <laughs> <laughs> was it eighteen you scored, mate? I've never, I've never heard you mention it. It's the eighteen it was, mate. I think. Did it not annoy you so that people used to get you and Carlos Pena mixed up? <laughs> I've not scored since, though. <laughs> not scored since. Brilliant, man. How, how do you think this season's going to go, Josh? Uh, do, do you see Rangers having enough to to stop Celtic doing ten in a row? I think I think they've got a top quality squad now. Obviously, with a top quality manager, and um, I, do, I don't see why they can't. But obviously, Celtic are, 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 are the same. Really, they've got another top quality team. Um, I think with obviously Celtic not playing, I think Rangers missed an opportunity last week to to maybe not not put pressure on. But it's always harder to 
to win when you know you've got when you know you have to win. Um, so I thought they slipped up a little bit last week, but I've, I've no reason why um, I don't think Rangers can challenge this year and, and effectively win the league. But I think um, I saw rumours of Kent Kent's away as in of getting a couple of bids for Ryan Kent. So yeah. I think we could do with keeping hold of him. So. Yeah, there's a bid in uh, Leeds United have bid thought to be around about ten million, but uh, and I just don't think Rangers fans will feel that their team can afford to lose him in in this season because of its significance. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a good player, so he a lot of attacks come through come through him and, and Barisic down the left. So I think them them two are in. I don't even think it's just Kent on his own. I think that partnership's quite important for Rangers of, of what what I've watched. So. Yeah, I think they could do with keeping hold of him, but obviously the Premier League obviously is a big attraction for a lot of players and, and the money talks effectively. So. Uh, Josh, I know for speaking to you on the WhatsApp, you never leave us alone, but uh, you're a big fan of Tavernier, aren't you? Obviously he splits opinion about the, the Rangers fans, but you're a massive fan of him, aren't you? Yeah, no, I I think he's... I, I, like I said before about Alfredo, I look at Premiership right-backs and I'm, I know me and you argue, or not argue quite a bit, but I, have a look, I, I don't know if he's... I don't know what people want from him. Um, he's obviously captain, so he takes a lot of the pressure. But and I know his first job is to defend, but his role in that team is 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 to create and is to score and is to set goals up, and he does it consistently year in year out. Um, I think he's easy to blame when the team don't play well. Um, but no, I'm a huge fan of Tava. I think he's brilliant. So, are you surprised, Josh, that there hasn't been maybe more interest? Uh, from down south in signing James Tavernier. Well, I've, I've, I've no idea if there has or if there hasn't. Um, I've never spoke to him about leaving or club bidding for him. I, I, I don't know what the ins and outs. So whether there's been interest or whether there's not, I wouldn't even know to be honest. So, but I, I just think he's a top right back. How have things been for you at Wigan with all the the turmoil going on? God's honest truth, I don't know. I've not been there. <laughs> it's your wages, it's done it, isn't it? Pardon? Your wages, it's done it. <laughs> You're an idiot, man. What about but, your dad, um, too, Josh? You need to ask about him as well. He's brilliant on Twitter, mate. I mean, he's he's so open now with his feelings, isn't he? Mate, I unfollowed him, so I don't see it. <laughs> so, Why did you unfollow your dad? Because them videos kill me, man. When I see, I, I, do you know what I've seen Liam Cooper, uh, Leeds captain in Leeds, and he was like, oh, we play your, video, your dad's videos every day in the change room and that, like, makes us all laugh and that, and I'm thinking, bloody hell. This is this has gone over the top. So yeah, I, I had to unfollow him because I just can't see his face every morning. Oh, <laughs> dad! But, but it's great. How, it's great how open he is, though, isn't that about about his issues, Josh? Uh, yeah. Well, talking seriously, yeah, he's obviously had his issues. Obviously, a lot I've known about. Some I've not known about. But obviously, he obviously feels that this this is making other people happy and it's making him happier. Then, then be free. Go do what you want to do. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, And and it, and it is it's become an even bigger issue, I guess, during lockdown for lots of people, um, not just in football, but in all aspects of in all areas of society, um, mental health issues. So, um, a bit of openness and and talking about it, like your dad does, has got to be healthy. Yeah, it's been it's been tough for a lot of people. Um, obviously, people losing jobs. Um, even the, obviously, the club I'm at, Wigan, they got rid of all the all the staff behind uh, in the club with the admin and obviously that's never nice to see. Um, you've got people uh, wondering where the next 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 pound note's going to come from. So um, obviously it's a horrible situation and there's people obviously can, can there's 
places where people can go and talk and and let the feelings be known. And if that if that helps people, then it's brilliant. So yeah, I'm all for it. Spot on, mate. Uh, and people don't know this as well. Josh keeps in tabs with every Scottish football by he, he watches Hamilton. He texts me about Hamilton players. He texts me about Motherwell players. What is it about Scottish football that you, that you like, mate? Mate, I watch all football. Ah, but we're bigging up Scottish you football, mate. Come on, just say something good about, about Scottish football, eh? Do you want to tell them about my little scouting mission or not, Hamilton? You can tell them if you want. Yes. Yeah, go and tell us. So, I, I, there was a, what, I don't even know, what, uh, Miller who signed for Rotherham. Yeah, Mikhail Miller, you liked him, him didn't you? How, how long ago did I tell you about him? I said he'll move to England then. Yeah. Because I've seen him for 20, I, I just like watching football and obviously because I've played in Scotland, I've got a big interest with, I know quite a lot of the boys up there and I just, I think it's sometimes better than watching English football because it's a bit more competitive. But Good lad. That's night, what I wanted to hear, mate. That was the line I wanted you to drop at the start. But by the way, if I have to watch last night again, <laughs> I tell you, I, I, Josh, I was there. I was at that match, and it's an hour and a half of my life. I'm not going to get back. Oh, it was miserable. It was poor, wasn't it? It was, it was really terrible. poor. Mate, I would have rather sat on the telly and watched the couch than watch it. Mate, that I mean? was on in my garden. I'd have shut the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, re- Josh, great to hear from you, and uh, good luck in uh, finding yourself oh, a, a new club. No, you didn't. You're fine. See you later. Tom, Tom, Josh. All the best. That's former Rangers striker Josh Windus on the Go Radio Football Show. And that phone number, give us a call 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. Yeah, it's football chat all the way between now and seven. It's five till seven, Monday to Friday. Join us if you haven't already. And get in touch with us as well. Get involved on 0808 17 17 700. Text to 87474. Go and your message on the socials at Go Football Show. The good news for uh, Glasgow City is that they have scored a goal in the Champions League quarterfinal. Uh, the bad news is they've conceded six. So 6 1 Wolfsburg. But let's not forget the massive uh, gulf in budget between those two teams. Uh, Wolfsburg very much full time uh, and very much. Uh, European winners uh, they have that uh, pedigree behind them and uh, the part-timers of Glasgow City but they've got a goal and yep. uh, some encouragement and it'll be interesting to hear the analysis afterwards I would imagine quite a few pluses Si will come out of that one as well for them what a goal it was eh yeah Lauren Wade who was it Lauren Wade mm. what a left foot tin of beans something to tin of beans with that lovely oh, they've done alright I've been watching it isn't it yeah. I think the I'm still trying to get the tin of beans bit I'm like what? I opened the tin of beans Never heard that? No I was the type of player That could open a tin of beans But then I would stand and eat them Terrible joke sorry I don't get Move it Move on to how it's bad <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought you were looking at me And hanging on my every word In the studio here But actually you've been looking Over my shoulder And watching, watching the, football. the football Behind me uh, We've been speaking during the week uh, Some of the Some Rangers fans have been on um, Asking the question of How many players do Rangers get through the academy how many do they produce do they produce enough players what's the academy doing some criticism coming Rangers way but uh, in, in terms of balancing things up the Scotland under 21 squad has been named today and I think in terms of players with Rangers and on loan from Rangers and players who've come through that academy system I think I think seven of the squad uh, are Rangers academy so that, that is a real plus isn't it Si? Yeah I speak to Kevin Thompson regularly and they'll openly admit that there's not been enough came through um, but what I think they've done really well in recent years, Rangers, is there's a lot of ex ex players in there. You know, Tomo's in there. And when you listen to Tomo speak about Rangers and football, you can see that that could only rub off on the young players. Peter McDonald's in there now, who's a youth player at Rangers. Brian Gilmore as well, good technical player that was at Rangers. So, not a fair play to them. And I think you get the boy Kai Kennedy, who is he in the squad, Kai? I've seen uh, 
I went and watched because Tom was a coach. I've went and watched him a couple of times over the past couple of years playing Celtic, and uh, the standard was very good. Um, so no, I don't. Uh, think I can't Kennedy, see him. I, I don't think Kai Kennedy is in the squad. So that's that's another one. That's right? another one who's Got very good, yeah. very impressed every time I've seen Kai Kennedy. So I like the boy Patterson, who's obviously played a couple of first team games. So Nathan, no, yeah, Nathan yeah. Patterson. So it's great to see that uh, um, Kevin Thompson for me. I mean, no better guy to teach young kids. Uh, one technique and, 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 and football but also what it means to play for Rangers so I think they're on the right track OK let's get on the phones again Jordan um, who's not far away from here here phoning from Glasgow's Gorbals Hi Jordan Hi Rob how's it going? Good thank you what would you like to say? Hi uh, firstly just um, just to say for the uh, the Kieran Tierney podcast I've been listening every every week for two years and uh, there was going some I've got to say that, that's been the best so far Well man thanks very much mate no worries. It was, it was well timed as well because I've been through the five stages of grief I'm leaving now, so it's, it's the first, <laughs> first thing I've actually had a chance to actually listen to it. So it's class. Can you can you understand uh, can you understand Jordan the stick he gets, Kieran Tierney, from from some fans for having done the horrible thing and leaving Celtic? No, I can't understand it. It was bang out of me, uh, Spain Judas in his wall. Um, so I do I do apologise for that. <laughs> <laughs> On behalf of Celtic fans, I'm presuming you mean. Did, did you spell it right? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting the Gorbals a bad name, Jamie. Oh, mate, I know. Uh, no, to be fair, I can't. At the time, like, um, I, I was obviously gutted when I'm leaving. Like, I mean, you can't expect, like, uh, 10 in a row to be enough to keep uh, to keep a player um, when you're offered three times your wages and to go to a higher level. So, not that I thought that at the time, but, you know, as as time's gone on, you, you can you, you totally understand why he's left. So, no, I think any. Any, I think if it was nine and it was it was one more season, you would say, you know, can you stay another season? But to put your career on hold for two years, given everything they'd done for the club, it's, it was a big ask. So, no, nah, I think, um, I, and you know, if people are uh, are criticising, maybe then you'll have second thoughts of coming back at some point, which obviously would all have to have to happen. So, no, nah, I think it's a bit it's a bit out of order the, the abuse that he's been taking. But as I say, the as I said, the comments like from the the podcast have been largely largely um, good from now on so hopefully that's that'll be the end of it Any, like anyway I'll lead you off in another direction there Jordan what were you wanting to say <laughs> no it was um, it was it was about I was listening to uh, Lennon's press and I on and can I get the fear of God put in me like Johnny Sunderland asked him a question about uh, who was looking to who was looking to sign and he was saying that he was still looking for a centre back and a striker so obviously hopefully the centre back Shane Duffy that'd be, that'd be ideal but when he's saying he's still looking for a striker, but also saying that he doesn't expect Lee Griffiths to go on loan. So um, we've just signed Albion Ayeti. Kamala's uh, not long in the door in ahead of him. So if we do sign another striker, I can only see he's running with four. So if Griffiths isn't going to go on loan, does that mean that he's going to? Does that mean the club's going to look at a bid for Edward? That was great question. That was my fear. I don't. I just can't see Edward going. I just can't. I think if if Celtic sell Edward this summer. And they don't win ten in a row. You'll get twenty thousand people at Celtic Park next year. I mean, the fans will go off their nut. There's no way. I think. I think knowing Lenny and having seen Kalmala, for me, I don't think Kalmala will, will play. I don't think he'll come on anymore. For me, he's not good enough. You know, it's all right saying that you need to give this guy a chance, but it's such an important season that you just you just can't. And uh, I know he likes to play two strikers, um, and we know with Griff, you know. You can't rely on him to play every game every week. So I think if he's going with another striker, you've got a Jetty, Edward, and that that other striker. You know, I just cannot see Celtic selling Edward this summer. What do you think, Rob? 
Yeah, I mean, maybe it, maybe it's a bit of extra cover, Jordan, just on the basis that, that uh, Lee Griffiths does get these calf injuries, mm-hmm. doesn't he, from time to time. That's apparently officially the reason he's not, not playing at the moment and he does have a history of, of missing games as well. So maybe it's just in this all, all this also important of seasons, a bit of extra cover. And I'm not sure, are you convinced about Patrick Klamala that, uh, that he's going to stand the test of time? From what, it's obviously very brief spells that we've seen of him, but from what I, I can see, I, um, I think he would work in a two, uh, especially next to Edward when he's dropping off and coming in deep. Um, Kamala's game looks to be like get on the last defender and use his pace to get away from him. And his finish, uh, his couple of finishes in pre-season were good. He took his goal well at Hamilton. So I can see him being like maybe an impact player, but maybe not starting every week. He's definitely a, a, pro, a more longer-term project. Um, but even... With him, I, I sort of said I, I can't see even if we sell to going to two up top, I can't see them running with any more than four strikers. So if Griffiths isn't leaving, that was that was my concern. But I, I agree, if, if we sold Edward, it'd be absolutely criminal. You think, um, you think if Edward was going, they would have played him in Europe midweek? Does that cup tie him for Europe? You think if he was going to go to a top club, that they would they wouldn't want him to play in that game? Maybe, maybe, I maybe, but it's. Maybe, it's the it's the, the the length of the transfer window that's, yeah. that's concerning as well. The fact that it's October, so he could he could play off um, all four qualifiers, get us into the Champions League, and then be sold. That's the worry. Um, I'd be much I'd be much more comfortable if the transfer window was closing when it normally closes like in next week. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's going longer, um, the, that time all the Premier League will be back, and if if a striker's no fire in there, I mean thirty million for Edward is uh, a steal and. Uh, it's, it'd be a lot for, for the club to turn down 30 million isn't it? I'd be absolutely amazed if they, they sold Odson Edward this season I, I think the, the deal will be keep him for one more season he'll probably score another bag full of goals and and his price will continue to rise the, the asking price will continue to go up um, Celtic are surely going to get a lot more than 30 million for him in the in the final analysis I would have thought yeah, I think he's played every game so far this season isn't he? I think if someone if there was even a, a whisper that he was going to go I don't think they would have played him as much as they have um, I don't think Edward's the type that would go and move to a Leeds or a Sheffield United you know, I think if he's going to leave Celtic I think it'll be the similar to Tierney I think he's going to leave for a top club Um whether a top club wants him now or not, maybe see how he does in Europe this year, uh, because he's not been brilliant in Europe for Celtic. Um, maybe again Van Dijk. The top t- the reason the top clubs never took Van Dijk from Celtic was because they thought his European performance weren't good enough. So maybe looking to see how he does for another year in Europe, uh, and then the top teams will come in. But I'm somewhat Rob. I'd be very very surprised if, if Celtic sold Edward this window. Jordan, where do you stand on Europe for Celtic compared to completing the, the 10 on the trot? Do, does Europe feature in terms of your ambitions this season? Yeah, absolutely. For, for me, it's got to be both. I think Lennon said that himself. Um, they've got to go for both. Uh, I think getting into the Champions League would definitely help with 10 in a row as well because the money that you get for, for Champions League is, is, you know, I think it's um, the last analysis was it's worth twenty to twenty-five million pounds. So yeah. the fact that we could quali- qualify for that, and then it's still a good few weeks of the, tra- the the transfer window left, we could then add more players. Um, keep Edward as you've uh, you've managed to um, put my mind at ease that he's not going anywhere. So um, <laughs> adding on to that, I think would definitely definitely help uh, the running for ten in a row. I think if we'd get put out of Europe, and then there's more. I just think the two things go go hand in hand. Um, I, I think if we were to 
to not focus on Europe and just go for the league, it'd be kind of short sighted and um, obviously quite glad to hear the manager say the same thing. I'm a bit surprised that they've, they're not going for a left back. I think you mentioned off air, Rob. Obviously, if Ball and Goalie's bombed it, you know, you've only got Greg Taylor there. It's a lot to ask because the way Celtic play as well, they expect the fullback to get really high and then get back to the pitch as well. It's a lot to ask Greg Taylor to play games in SPL and Europe. Yeah, you, you would hope. Really, that that would be up the pecking order from another striker yeah. would be would be a left back and a and a tough, uncompromising central defender, somebody in the mould of yeah. Shane Duffy. Yeah, definitely. I broke the news, didn't I? You did. There you go. And I told you, Edward Stin. I mean, what more do you want, mate? I'm giving you. I'm giving you. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> um, but I want uh, a pair. I, <laughs> I think. I think the thinking as well. Maybe a left back. I think we Frimpong can go and play left back if needs be, but. A club like Celtic, I think I've, I've heard Neil Lennon say they should have two quality players for every position. It's their position, you're not moving guys and, and moving uh, moving them around positions that they don't want to play. So for me, again, same as you, Rob, it'd be a left back that would be my priority. And encouraging news, Jordan, about the, the Motherwell game at Celtic Park next weekend, the fact that that might be, a, there's talks ongoing and, and that might be a test event and there might be some Celtic fans in for that game. That's That would, that would be a big boost, wouldn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. I've been uh, I've been going mad if I was to, to be honest, it's good getting it back, but watching it on the, the past the paradise and the TV is just it's just not the same. So uh if I can get the quicker they get it back and as long as I'm uh, as long as I'm quite high up the pecking order for the, for the first ones to go up, I'll be delighted. I was gonna but, say uh, James not, uh, Sorry Jordan, I was going to say how would you feel, I mean, how are they going to be able to choose who goes back into the stadiums first, I mean, what would you be happy with? Other than yourself, straight in, <laughs> just me. Yeah, uh, I've no idea whether how they can do it, or if it's going to be the length of time you've had a season ticket. Oh, that's a good one. Um, uh, whether it's you know families first, I've heard whisperings that it might be um, you know corporate get first first dibs and then they'd be spread out across the gr- across the ground. Um, so I've, I've I, I don't envy them because I, I can't think of a fair way of doing it. To be fair. Um, especially when it's going to be a few thousand. If it's sixty thousand, then you know it's going to be half full. You know, one pe- one lot get one game and all lot get another game. But it's not going to be anything like that for a for a good while. So, no, nah, I definitely don't envy the people who've got to make that decision. To be I've fair. heard it's uh, best looking first, Jamie Jordan. Sorry, so me and your sound mate, we'll be in. <laughs> <laughs> Here's That's a, left out there, Rob. I know exactly. You're <laughs> still watching it now. <laughs> Fine. Here's here's one to throw at you, Jordan. Um, one Danny O'Hare on Instagram is saying, "Would you drop Forrest and try a right side of El Hamed and Frimpong?" Wow. Me? Are you asking me this or are you asking well, Jordan? No, I'm asking the real pundit, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Jordan. Give us it, and I'll just copy it. For me, to be fair, I would. Uh, I, my preferred formation is three-five-two. So I think having uh, Frimpong. As right wing back, um, and El Hamed uh, would would be ideal. Then you've got hopefully Shane Duffy next to him, and then you can rotate between Julian and I at le- on the left side, or Julian on the the right side uh, um, with El Hamed. But I think El Hamed and um, Frimpong would complement each other really well. From, um, playing a back three with Celtic, you can uh, uh, you can always have one that, that goes. Um, you know, El Hamed El Hamed could be the guy that goes for the for the back three, and then you've just got. Um, more license for Frimpong to, to bomb up and down than feeding to a striker so no I, I think that'd be ideal I'll need to disagree I'm sorry can it you can't James Forrest gets you the most assists every season yeah. can't argue with it that's what it comes down to for me in your front front three you're looking for guys that get I think it's easier to play fullback the way Frimpong does than it is to play right wing 
you know, you're expected to then score goals and assist goals, and it's the hardest thing in football. Scoring and assisting goals the hardest thing. James Forrest's record at Celtic is unbelievable. I mean, I still hear Celtic fans rave about Patrick Roberts. James Forrest scored double the goals, double the assists, and I still hear people, all right, he's not involved all the time, but wingers are like that. But if you get a guy who gets you that amount of goals and that amount of assists, he needs to play for me. And even when he's wing back in a in a on either on the right side of a back three, he can even make that work. Yeah, and he and he works so hard. Rob, you know what I mean? For the guy that gets you the goals and the assists, you see him running back the pitch and tackling on the edge of his own box. All right, maybe not tackling, but pretending to tackle. He's not the best tackler in the world. No. But he puts a shift in Jamesy. Uh, and I think the telling thing is if you speak to your Scott Browns, your Callum McGregors, and you ask them who the best player at Celtic is, a lot of answers are James Forrest. And that, that says a lot for me. Here's another one for you, Jordan. What about Dundee United at Tannadice? Half five tomorrow. Could that be a sticky one for Celtic? I think so. They've they've started really well. Uh, like Simon said earlier, I've been impressed with it, with their manager. He, he seems to talk uh, talk really well. He's got he's using a lot of the youth players, uh, and they've got them, he's got them kind of believing in themselves. So I think it will be a tough game. But uh, just off the back of that performance, sort of Reykjavik up. Um, you know, I think Peter Head would, would beat Reykjavik. To be fair. <laughs> Easy. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I. It is obviously going to be a step up for that, but just the way that the, the, the one touch passing, there was the, the hunger as well to win the ball back high up the pitch. I was really impressed with. Uh, so if we're on that kind of form, we will we'll, um, we'll do them. But if, if we turn up anything like we did at Kilmarnock, uh, Dundee United would walk all over because I think they're a better team than, than Kilmarnock. Jordan, good to hear from you, and thanks for your call Top on man, the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. And that's us into the last 18 minutes of the GOAT Radio Football Show for the week. Would you believe it's been a, another of those weeks that just fly by and suddenly we're into another weekend of Scottish Premiership football. Looking forward to it. Um, I'm still recovering, to be honest, from St. Johnson nil Aberdeen 1 last mm. night. Um, it was dreadful, but I guess not for those Aberdeen players who climbed back on the bus from Perth and headed back up northeast on the back of uh, three Premiership points in the bag. So they're not really caring. It wasn't a classic, Si. I was just going to say, 18 minutes to go, I'm usually dragged off at this point sitting on the bench watching. <laughs> but um, No, Aberdeen, that game was... I mean, we, we love to talk Scottish football, but that game was 22 cars crashing into each other, wasn't it, last night? I mean, some of the decision-making was poor, but you also need to take into account the fact that Aberdeen have not played for so long. Yeah, that was about three weeks since, yeah. since the opening game against Rangers. So if they were rusty, I guess you could understand why. And, and and to be fair, they did get a little bit better as the game wore on. There were one or two successes out of all that. Uh, Especially Ross, Ross McCrory on debut. I mean, he looked very calm and commanding. He cruised it, didn't he? But on St Johnston, I thought both teams pressed really well. I know you didn't want to be known as a great pressing team. <laughs> You'd rather be known for a good football team, but... There was no lack of effort, one thing you will yeah. say, but um, St Johnston probably think at half-time we should have capitalised on how bad Aberdeen were in the first half. Aberdeen could only get better. And again, fair play to Derek McInnes, because he gets a lot of stick for Aberdeen fans, but he's seen it. i seen him shaking his head, by the way, about a million times in that first half. I don't know if he was angry or he was trying to get his fringe into place. But <laughs> he, um, fair play to him. He changed at half-time. He made two subs, and I thought that turned the game. I thought Kennedy was lively when he came on, yeah. and McLennan as well, so... Um, that's a sign of a good manager for me you know other managers maybe would have left it and, and waited to see what had happened Dell made a change and uh, another one of his subs head just comes on and, and wins the game so a great result for Aberdeen because St yeah. Johnson's a hard place to go if you t- said to Dell we'll play terrible you'll get a 1-0 winning three points he'd have grabbed, grabbed your hand off 
It's also the sign of a good squad, isn't it? When you think that uh, defensively they were without McKenna and Considine and Devlin, all three of them could have been in that starting lineup. No Cosgrove, no Curtis Main, his natural replacement. <clears throat> and of course, Ryan Edmondson, uh, who was on loan from Leeds, didn't last long. He's injured. He's back back down at Leeds and, and maybe Aberdeen are looking for another striker. So, so without all those players, it was still a decent squad and there were only two youngsters mm. on the bench. So you're looking at probably four of their best players there, aren't you? The, the names you've mentioned, they're probably Aberdeen's four best players. And again, I bring it that comes down to the manager. These guys have not been playing for weeks. These guys that have came in last night and a sign of a good manager is someone that can the boys that aren't playing that like, you can keep them happy. And Dell does that. Um and like you say, it's a great squad he's got at Aberdeen. Um I think if Aberdeen can get themselves back on track, get everyone fit, I think Aberdeen could challenge a Hibs and a Motherwell for third. Definitely. Let's finish off by uh, talking about the, the weekend games then, the, the games that are coming up uh, starting uh, tomorrow afternoon, three o'clock kickoff at Fir Park. We spoke to Tony Watt about it earlier, the Motherwell striker, but uh, tells a story at Motherwell that uh, he's a he's a quality player, Tony, but he's struggling to get in that starting lineup. I'm still shocked that he said he was good. What was that? He was a good, good talker. A good talker. <laughs> <laughs> what a boy. Uh, not exactly. Um, Aber- you look at Motherwell's squad similar to Aberdeen and it is a very strong squad it's probably the strongest squad Motherwell have had in the last 10 years would you say Rob? Yeah yeah. I mean it's it's a really good squad it's loads of depth and, and and it's been a problem for Stephen Robertson in the first few games of the season and actually finding not just the personnel for the starting 11 but the right shape as well and the right way to get the best out of David Turnbull for instance Yeah I've seen it in teams that I've played where usually when there's a high turnover of players I think they signed five in the summer it does take you five or six weeks to kind of get to know everyone and, and the movements that each other make so I've no doubt that Motherwell will again as I say challenging Aberdeen and Hibs for, um, for third and I expect them to, to beat Hamilton comfortable on Saturday We had a good chat with Brian Rice on the show a um, week or so back um, his thoughts on uh, football are always interesting to hear but do you fear for Ackies? I do I do I really do and although, I hate although, to we, although we do we do that every season don't we and they survive yeah and I did call them for my team to go down at the start of the season again I speak about it a lot on the show and we speak about it Peter Head is just the spine of your team it needs to be experienced for me and I just didn't see that in Hamilton Ackes you miss Darian McKinnon don't you I do you know even I know Darian's probably will tell yourself probably technically he's not the best but when you've got a guy that again as I said demands standards and gets about the pitch and, and gets on to people it makes a massive difference I know they've brought experience in, in Lee Hodgson for me but he's not really done it anywhere he's been Lee Hodgson um, I don't know why I, I kind of see it changing Hamilton Ackes if I'm totally honest um, and I just expect a tough season for Hamilton that's going to be a fair old game uh, tomorrow um, and behind closed doors. That's a shame when you t- start talking about derbies mm. and you think of uh, the atmosphere that would normally be at that Motherwell-Hamilton fixture. Uh, but it's closed doors, of course, at the moment, although we are getting sounds of encouragement um, about fans possibly trickling back into grounds before too much longer. Let's hope so. It's Rangers against Kilmarnock at Ibrox tomorrow. That's a three o'clock kickoff. We've been uh, speaking about that one already we've heard from Stephen Gerrard earlier in the show and it's uh, so important on the back of those drop points at Livingston and they will be very much aware that Celtic are playing later on in the day definitely they'll be looking to put a marker down I was going to ask you have you had to predict what Jinky's team will be changes for Livingston think he'll go two up top Jink Roof uh, sorry Roof or Itanopoli um <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it's time. I think it's yeah. probably time to freshen it. I think Jim Defoe's getting close, but I'm not sure he's 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 quite ready for this one. But but there's no Joe Aribo, and then there's no Leon Leon Belogan as well at the back, who started so promisingly and then got himself injured. And without Joe Aribo, sometimes there's a lack of quality in the midfield. Yeah, definitely. It'd be interesting to see if he does go with Jack and Kamara. You know, it's been such a a talking point uh, this week. And they will dominate possession at Ibrox. Whether they need Jack and Kamara, we've debated it, but he seems to go with them a lot. Who plays next to them? Is it Arfield? Or does he go take Arfield out and put a striker up? So it'll be interesting to see how um, how Steven Gerrard goes. One thing I will say is I think Rangers will have enough in the end to beat Kilmarnock. I think Kilmarnock had a bad result last week beating off St Johnston 2-1. Uh, and I fully expect Rangers on that big pitch to, to pop them a bit. Alex Dyer though will want his team to be angry about what happened last weekend and, and, and he'll want a response won't he because uh, even with 10 men they looked a stick on for, for all three points and they and they crumbled at the end and they, they just made basic mistakes and, and they almost handed it to St Johnston It's funny you should say that about him wanting his players to get angry I can't imagine the big man getting angry <laughs> no. he's so laid back I isn't know, he? I know But um, no definitely and it's not often that you would say that a, a commanding team crumbles when they're 1-0 up albeit 10 men Um Again, Michael Hallen went, went and scored. He's looking, looking good. I thought he looked all right for St. Johnson last night. Another plus Michael Hallen. But um, these are none of the games that Kilmarnock will be judged on. You know, going to Ibrox, um, take your hand off for a point. At home, I'd maybe fancy that we get one, but I can only see another defeat. And, then, and that, that adds to That's why last week was so important as well, knowing that you're going to Ibrox this week. You know, you're expecting a defeat. What you didn't want to be getting in this league is two and three defeats on a row. So Kilmarnock will be hoping to turn that around quick. St Mirren have had a great start to the season, Ali, and you will be there tomorrow for the visit of Ross County. Absolutely, very much looking forward to it. I might just give you a wee call beforehand to get some pronunciations just in (laughs) case. Um, I'm not sure whether it's Christian Dennis or Christian Denise um, who's joining us, who's going to be hopefully... Is that the Monaco guy? New striker. I wish he was from Monaco. Where is he from? You need to call him Denise. We need to make it sound... I don't know. He's come from, come from down south. So, Make him sound a bit more exotic. Yeah. uh, I, I might just do it. <laughs> you never know. And is he? do you expect him to play? I would hope so. Yeah. I really do hope so. Um, he's ready and ready to go from what I can see in the, the press conferences. So fingers crossed. He's and at Saint least Mirren, on the bench. Yeah, they've, they've had a great start, haven't they, St Mirren? They'll be well happy to have uh, a couple of wins on the board already. I'm not wanting to sound like we are not always, but we actually did say at the start that St Mirren, when they signed the three central defenders, and I think you've seen with the results... Again, as I'm talking about Hamilton, you know, St Mirren have got experience in the spine of their team. And Jack Anik in goal as yeah, well. Great He's doing tremendous. Yeah. Uh, I really like uh, Jim Goodwin. Again, I think he'll go I think he'll go high in football management. I don't think he'll stop at St Mirren. And um I fancy St Mirren again to beat Ross County. Ross kick, kick Ross County for me, sorry, good at home. But away from home I think St Mirren will have, have too much for him. Ali mentioned them and uh, Jack Anik is has been a great signing, hasn't he? And it's it's so important that you have a good goalkeeper, especially if you know you don't have the budget of of other clubs higher up the the pecking order. They'd uh, Vaclav Ladki, who was terrific for mm. them last oh, season. What a man! Yeah. Indeed, <laughs> and uh, and Jack and Jack Anik already doing a great job. You know, I've never played in a, a good. I've never played in a successful team that's not a good goal. You will find that if you've not got a good goal, you will struggle. And again, it's a go back to Hamilton. It's that spine in the team. Your goalkeeper, your centre halves, and I think when you see teams like Celtic, for Canute. Uh, six, seven million for a goal. It tells you how important it, how important that position is. But um, Anik again, we need to give credit to Rangers, another young player that's came through there. Um, and McCrory's at Livingston. He's Rangers as well, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Goalie. Who? Ross McCrory's brother. He's at Livingston. He's at Livingston, and yes. he's from Rangers as well. He is. So there you go. Another two goalkeepers. Um, Alan McGregor's not getting any younger. So maybe two future on loan or have they signed? 
Oh, oh, no, oh, no, Nidhi, go ahead. So, <laughs> you're asking me so many questions. <laughs> He's been on the spot tonight. The rope's getting lower and lower and lower. <laughs> so, um, there you go. Two good prospects as well for Rangers. You know, Alan McGregor's not got long left. So, let's hope we can see these two young Scottish lads getting in the Rangers team in, in years to come. I wouldn't write off Ross County and Paisley um, right. tomorrow because although they lost um, to Dundee United last weekend uh, they did, if, you, if you saw the highlights they had a couple of great chances Ross Stewart a couple of chances we, which you probably expected him to bury um, and it might have been a different outcome So, and Ross County 7 out of 12 I mean they would have taken that beforehand yeah I'd see the teams like St Myrna and Ross County I don't think there's a lot between them you know mm. it'll probably come down to the day who makes a mistake or who, who turns up on the day um, I think Ross County will be totally fine this year as I say I think I, I like listening to Stuart Kettlewell young manager good ideas Um and they've got good attacking players. We've said it as well, Rob. Like guys like Lee Irwin. Lee Irwin's a good player. He's done it in Scotland before. You know, he's been successful up here. He got a move down south because of it. Um, and I think Kettlewell's a guy to get get these guys going again. So anything could happen in that game. But I just fancy St. Murn with, with. I will be there in the crowd, like record. cheering on my own. So. Who do, you, do you think St. Murn win? Um, I think it's going to be tough. I don't know. I mean, you'll probably know better than me. Travelling on a bus to get a journey. It's what two-hour journey. From where? From Dingwall. No, oh, longer than that. What, it's about three days. Right, well, can I just three say days well, on the, a bus. The toilets usually order after about five minutes as well, so Good you're to know. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Sitting cramped, because buses aren't that spacious, no matter how luxurious it is. Yeah. Is that not going to put you off your game? Travelling on a bus for like four hours and then having to get out? I, I would find that hard. Are they allowed to, try, are they allowed to stay over the night before? Because that would probably pull, pull a big part in it. Maybe. Yeah, if they stay the night before, they've that, That's fine, but travelling on the day would be hardcore. Right, I would have thought. Are you giving us a result? Would, a draw. I'd love St Mirren to win, of course I would, but I'm thinking potentially a draw. Rob, what are you saying? I'm saying um, Ross County 1 0. Wow. Yep. What? But, but my record of predictions is poor. Right, okay. <laughs> and mine's been not bad. What's, what's your thinking behind that? Just because. Uh, they played pretty well last weekend yeah, and right. lost. I just, I just have a feeling that they might um, have the the right Fight. sort of shape and team and tactics to to get something against St Mirren. But yeah, uh, one thing we're all agreed on: it's going to be close. Yeah. Dundee United against Celtic is the five thirty kickoff um, tomorrow. Mickey Mellon's team who won in Dingwall last weekend. They've got points on the board. They're often encouraging start. And you were mentioning the experience earlier on that they have likes of Con- Connolly and Reynolds at the yeah. back. Um, but they've also got the youngsters they've got Luke Bolton the, good, the, the winger on loan from, from Man City they had Logan Chalmers in the team uh, and Kieran Freeman made his debut last weekend for them as well and all, all three of those are, are 20 I mean that, that's some going three 20 year olds in a in a starting lineup in the Premiership Brilliant and again my, my friends uh, I hate to keep talking about it but Robbie Nielsen couldn't do that they couldn't bring players through in the Championship Mickey Mellon's doing it in the Premier League they're expected to struggle he's came up he's putting young players in it's what we need to see more in Scotland these managers putting young guys in because we've got the talent there they just need that wee chance Aberdeen against Livingston Sunday Aberdeen I fancy Aberdeen obviously Livingston putting a good performance but I think they'll come out and play a bit more against Aberdeen and they'll get caught in the counter attack with guys like McGinn and Hayes yeah, just wonder if Aberdeen will make it back-to-back uh, wins on the back of winning in Perth last night. Just glad to be back in action and glad uh, not to be talking about the, the COVID-8. Uh, the final game of the weekend is half four, Sunday St Johnston Hibs. I'll go Hibs. I think uh, 0-0 last week against Motherwell. Uh, Paul McGuinness spoke to us, probably said Motherwell were probably the better team, but Hibs created the better chances. Um, St Johnston last night weren't great. Uh, I fully expect Hibs to go up to St Johnston and get three points. Thank you very much from Sai and from Ali and from me, Rob McLean, and the Go Radio Football Show. Goodbye. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go.